From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, Pastor Mike Douglas here, along with our producer and co-host Elaine Harlan. Welcome to the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Great to have you with us and Elaine tonight. Uh, we're going to go on kind of an adventure. This is going to be, I'm, that's a good way to put it. I'm looking forward so to true, this, yes. but I'm going to ask that that ceremonial weapon that has been brought up has remain out of your hands for the duration of the Well, and, and yours too. I, I saw I the glint that... in your eye when David Unruh brought that in, oh, and uh, this, this could be dangerous. So we, we have a special surprise we, for you. You've got to be tuned in yeah, for that. Yeah, this is going to be a, quite an amazing thing. David Unruh from the Bible League yes. is with us. We'll be uh, checking in with him in just a couple of moments. Right now, though, uh, let's check in with our good friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with the story of a monument dedicated by Jesus freaks for a Jesus freak. And the cornerstone is a Bible. On one landing, a prayer from the city of Baltimore reads, May heaven to this union continue its beneficence. On a higher landing are memorial stones from Sunday school children in New York and Philadelphia inscribed with Bible verses such as Proverbs 10:7, The memory of the just is blessed. And topping the monument, the 555-foot-tall Washington Monument, is an aluminum cap on which are etched the words, Laws Deo, which means praise be to God. Are you a Jesus freak? Go online to persecution.net. And back with you live here on Lighthouse Live. And uh, Elaine, uh, in addition to uh, David Unruh, some, some other of our favorite people tonight from Habitat for yes. Humanity, Joan Eater, with us, uh, Chief Offer, Chief, Chief. Opera, you know, there it goes again. You know, that's okay, that's I'm quite not right. cheap. I'm reasonable. No, you're reasonable, <laughs> but not cheap. You know, four hundred dollars for my nose and my mouth doesn't work again. I tell you, know? you it just doesn't I'll make tell sense. You, we are so the, glad. She, where was I going? I'm the not chief sure. operations officer yes, with Habitat for go. Humanity, yes. and also joining us, uh, Reverend. Wendy Warner as well with Geneva Presbyterian Church. Welcome to Lighthouse yes. Live. Great to have you with us. And what's happening with uh, Habitat these days? Well, thanks for joining. Uh, as always, there's lots happening, but what we're here to talk about is the Ecumenical Choir Concert that is happening this Sunday, and that's March 4th. It's our 15th concert. Wow. Sounds exciting. So it's exciting. It's a wonderful. Those of you that have come always, everybody says it's a great, great experience. But I'm going to let um, Reverend Warner talk about what the concert's about and what's happening. Awesome. 
many years ago, we had um, choir festivals. And 15 years ago, three of the directors got together and said, we ought to do something with this and make it a benefit uh, rather than just singing for ourselves and, of course, to the glory of God. But they thought someone else might benefit as well and decided on Habitat for Humanity. A great one. Oh, it yeah, is. And, nice. and it's been very exciting for the last uh, 14 years, and this is our 15th year to have this ecumenical concert. We have had all kinds of churches participate over the years. This year, we are looking forward to eight churches participating, and um, I'll list those off because uh, it might be interesting. St. Paul's Methodist from Manteca, Centenary Methodist, uh, all the rest, oh no, that's right, from Modesto, a Modesto Church of the Brethren, College Avenue Congregational, Trinity United Presbyterian Church, First United Methodist Church here in Modesto, First Presbyterian Church in Turlock, and Geneva Presbyterian Church here in Modesto. So those are the eight churches participating this year, but it's always open to any choir that would like to sing. So if your choir might be interested, you might want to come this year and hear what we do. Can you imagine all those voices together singing it's the glory of God? It's absolutely glorious. I consider it high worship mm. um, because we have up to 150 singers every year. And when you see the mass choir enter with all their different colors of robes, it, it is a vision of heaven to me, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the sound. And um, it is very exciting. Oh, that's wonderful. And, um, Are you yes, going to give us a preview? Uh, sing for us here? Or? I don't think so. Don't <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> Not as long as that weapon sitting over yeah, there right. in um, Indonesia. You know. or, yeah. <laughs> Right. It's a little too close for comfort. Um, (laughs) But we do have a CD uh, from last year's concert, and I understand you might be playing a couple of of tracks from that. Um, But it is one way for us to not only enjoy the beautiful music that God has provided, but um, also to support Habitat. And over the years, I think we have helped build several houses here in the Modesto area, and that is a great joy and, uh, so people can there's a free will offering offering taken in the middle of the concert as well as the availability of cds which benefit um, habitat as well and again that's coming up this sunday march this sunday. 4th mm-hmm. and, and the location again it's at the first united methodist church at 17th and i boy and and what a great venue for a concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, folks, if you haven't listened to some sort of musical happening at First United Methodist, you've missed it. The acoustics in there are absolutely incredible. Oh, that's you know, wonderful. Plus just yes. the architecture and, and, mm-hmm. and the, the spirit of being in that building is just uh, just phenomenal. So we look forward well, to it's that. Well, the, it's the only church that can hold 150 singers. That, <laughs> <laughs> that sort of uh, clinches the deal. Well, so. well, Joan, speaking of benefiting Habitat, what's happening right now? Bring us just a quickly up-to-date on, on some new things that are going on. Well, uh, we are in the middle of our one of our Turlock homes. We should be finishing up in a couple of months. Um, this is a, a gift. A home was donated, and we moved it onto the site, mm. so it's a little different for us. How wonderful so is that? I know. It's, when I started at Habitat, I was told that we had two homes in storage. Well, my mental 
vision went right to, you know, the little storage containers <laughs> and how do you put a house in there? <laughs> well, it's Is it not. bigger than a bread box? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we're excited. And what's a blessing with this is the family has been waiting for two years to get mm. into their home. Oh. They've had their hours completed for over a year. And so it's exciting to have that. And we are very grateful for the city of Turlock for helping to make that happen and all the volunteers that have come out to work on that house. We also have been awarded our second Thrivent Builds um, grant, and mm. this is our project with the Lutheran community. Amen. We had completed one house last year, and we're going to be breaking ground later this spring on our second house mm-hmm. out in the West Modesto area. And then prayers are still there that we are looking at breaking ground on our Hope Village, our 20 mm-hmm. single family Amen. home yes, um, yes. subdivision. And uh, this is the year that that's going to happen. So we'll get out and turn dirt. So those of you who are looking for something to do on a weekday or a weekend and would love to come out and swing a hammer or pick up nails or just pray, we would love to have you come and join us. And you can call our office to learn more about it at 575 um, or go to our website, which is www.stanislashabitat.org, and we'd love to see you and talk to you about what's happening. I have to mention the ReStore. Yes, have to you come do. Down. Yes, indeed. Spring is coming. It's time to fix up your house. Those there you of you go. that have those honeydew lists, uh-huh. come and check us out. The ReStore is our home improvement outlet. Um, the blessings that are coming in are triple fold mm-hmm. at our new location, which is at 630 Kiernan Avenue in Modesto. Um, but come and shop and get your tile, your plumbing, your roofs, your windows, whatever. It's just a win-win situation, it isn't is. it? it? And is. that's such so. a great new facility. Well, new. You've been in it for a, a little bit since now. July. Oh, since July. But it's, if you haven't been there, folks, it's uh, it's worth it. You know, if I'm not it's, being it's, sexist, but if you're a guy. This is the way to spend like a Saturday morning. It's like an ultimate Home Depot. <clears throat> isn't just it? wander isn't it around in the restore. You know, you're just like, this is, it'll get you going. <laughs> you it know, really, I, I I had the same vision of you as oh, this would be a guy place, but I can't tell you how many female shoppers we have That's that have their to own know. tool belts. Or they're own, right and they're in, and they have their list, and they know what's what and what's the deal, and and they get that all lined up. So it's it's now. Maybe I should get my wife a tool belt for her birthday. Uh, absolutely, we have a habitat one we can. Oh, you with. hey, there we go. <laughs> now they're going to make me real popular. Yeah. on the end of April. And then yeah. if she comes okay. out to the uh, I can build my own doghouse to live in. <laughs> yeah. Get your get your all the supplies you need at home. We had a doghouse donated. It might be size. <laughs> He's already got the name on it. Mike. Yeah, exactly. Mike's house. Mike lives here. (laughs) His second residence. Anyway, there's a lot of happening in Habitat and always is happening because of people, uh, our volunteers, Mm -hmm. the people of heart. And so keep us in mind with prayers, with contributions. Um, Come out and help build a house because there are so many worthwhile families in our community that uh, truly um, treasure the gift of your time. And people always say, I thought I was coming out here to help somebody, but they walk at the end of the day and realize that they're the ones that were helped. So Mm -hmm. it's a truly um, memorable type of um, 
event. And to help support that, the Ecumenical Council. You know, I can say Ecumenical. I can't say Chief Operations What's Officer. What's up with that? You know, what, what is up with that? I have no idea. But anyway, concert coming up this uh, Sunday, March yes. 4th. And uh, the time, uh, again? 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and that's First United Methodist Church at 17th and I. And uh, if people have questions, any way to get a hold of you to find out more information? Or if not, you can call us right here at Advancing Vibrant yes. Communities, 209-544-9571. We'll be happy to give the details on that. Again, that's 209-544-9571. We want to thank you, Reverend Wendy Warner with the Geneva Presbyterian Church for joining us today and Joan Eater from Habitat. We love you and you're welcome anytime. Amen. Thanks thank for you. joining us. Thank you very much. Thanks. Friends, right now let's check in with our good friend. By the way, he's on the road on his cell phone. We'll catch him very quickly. Our good friend Brad Dacus from the Pacific Justice. Institute. Brad Dacus, welcome back to Lighthouse Live. Interesting case uh, down in Hillmar about a uh, Christian group that got sued for establishing standards. Tell us a little bit about what's going on there. Yeah, you bet. It's a it's a private uh, uh, Christian club. It's, a, it's actually a swim team, a swim club that has uh, been put together. It's a Christian-based uh, private uh, swim club. And uh, they don't discriminate on the the, uh, the students who uh, the young people who sign up, whose parents sign them up to uh, uh, participate on this uh, pr- this uh, private uh, club uh, swim club. But, uh, but they have clear biblical principles, and uh, their purposes are, are very resolute, and uh, they're in their Christian values and Christian goals, and uh, they have that clearly in the handbook. And one set of parents decided that they were going to cross it out in, in the handbook. There are all the mentioning of the Christian purposes before they signed it and, uh, you know, the permission. And, and the uh, owner said, no, you need to acknowledge this is who we are, this is what we're doing. And, and uh, they refused to acknowledge that, and, and instead they filed a lawsuit. These parents filed a lawsuit against this, this private Christian uh, swim team, and, uh, and they're doing so trying to allege that, uh, that uh, this swim club or swim team uh, is, uh, is uh, unlawfully, uh, you know, uh, uh, discriminating, but in reality, they're, they're not discriminating, they're just being open about their faith. And so we at the Pacific Justice Institute are representing uh, this swim team, and uh, they're, they're right as a private organization. Brad, do you think that'll actually go to trial, or are, are we going to see uh, uh, amicable resolution to this, you think? There's a good chance this is going to go to trial. Wow. Uh, those are the, uh, the parents um, are very obstinate, they're... Hmm. Very, you know, intolerant towards Christians and Christianity, and they're uh, very, you know, dead set on, uh, on. I think, I think personally, on shutting this uh, this private Christian uh, club uh, team down just uh, outright. And, and the irony is, this uh, this Christian club team uh, has uh, students there from other, who have uh, other religious backgrounds. They're not all you know, Christian kids. Uh, you know, and they participate, and, and they feel comfortable, and so it's just these parents who are on a have a, a dogmatic uh, agenda to try to you know to punish uh, private for-profit businesses uh, who uh, have uh, you know uh, Christian values and Christian beliefs that reflected in those businesses. 
Well, Brad, we so much appreciate you and the Pacific Justice Institute for being there when when you're needed for these types of situations. We'll give the phone numbers and uh, your website in just a second. Thanks again for uh, being with us, and uh, thanks again, Brad, for being with us back in January, coming down here and holding a wonderful seminar. In fact, people are still talking about it, and uh, we just uh, so much appreciate you and, and uh, just hope God opens more doors for you to share that message up and down the state. Well, thank you very much, and uh, we're we're looking forward to putting on more pastor seminars uh, all, all all throughout California, and just like we did uh, there in Modesto. Great. We'll see you next week. Take care. Friends, just a reminder, you can contact the Pacific Justice Institute at one 305 That's one 305 and uh, they have a superior website. Just absolutely fantastic. In fact, if you would like to get <clears throat> the same media uh, press releases that uh, the the mainstream media gets from the Pacific Justice Institute. Go to the website and just uh, click there and, and subscribe to it. It's www.pacificjustice.org. That's pacificjustice.org. You know, Joan from Habitat was mentioning the the tremendous opportunities there are to volunteer uh, with that organization, and and there truly is uh, a lot of opportunities for us to volunteer. And so we're going to take a look at the Volunteer Center of the United Way's Linda Hand list for this week, because the American Red Cross is getting ready for their 19th annual CPR Saturday, and that takes place Saturday, March 31st at all sites in Modesto, Oakdale, and Turtlock. And they need volunteers uh, to help out prior to the actual event and to kind of help coordinate things, uh, to process registrations, a day of the event, and to help with the setup, cleanup, volunteer and registration check-in, need people to correct written tests and to clean the mannequins and all sorts of things. So they're celebrating 90 years of providing services uh, to residents of Stanislaw County and the American Red Cross uh, providing, again, relief to victims of disaster and helping to prevent, prepare for, and respond to emergencies. So uh, contact them. That would be a great thing to volunteer your time with. Also, the Delta Blood Bank. Serving refreshments and visiting with donors is a great way to meet people and, and to connect. Training is provided and volunteers are certified with flexible hours. The Delta Blood Bank is a non Profit. I can't talk either, Pastor Mike. Uh, it's a blood center that, that draws <laughs> your blood. Yes, you do donate your blood, and they provide all of the blood and blood components for patients in 18 hospitals in Central California. Very worthwhile and uh, deserving of your time. You can also, if you're a golfer, you can tee it up with tea time and a positive influence in the lives of youth ages 7 to 17 with the first tea of Modesto. I saw a television um, ad yesterday with the, the former President Bush um, senior and uh, talking about the tea time and, mm. and the opportunity that you have to volunteer and make a difference in the lives of young people. Well, you can do so here locally at the Del Rio Golf Club and Country Club on Monday, March 19th from 5 until 7. And again, at the Municipal Golf Course in Modesto, uh, you can do it at, there as well. Volunteers must complete a background check. And the mission of the First Tee of Modesto is to impact the lives of young people by providing learning facilities and educational programs that promote character development 
and life-enhancing values through the game of golf. You know, it's all about connecting and making those relationships and sharing the love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Volunteer Center of the United Way, where you can contact our friend Barbara Borba. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113. Again, 209-524-1307, extension 113. If you have any questions, she will be glad to talk to you. Or you can always give us a call here, again, at 209-544-9571. And opportunities on the daily update page, too. On a daily basis. On a daily basis. How about that? (laughs) You can check those at our website. It's vibrantcommunities.org. That's www.vibrantcommunities.org. And just click the little flashing icon there. It'll take you right to our daily update page. And uh, Elaine makes frequent updates there and a great way to find out what's going on. In fact, one of the neat things, you know, the email blast that we Mm, have, there are various ways, and we'll be talking with David Unruh in just a, a minute, about the various ways people uh, get exposed to the gospel and get introduced to Christ and uh, how important print is in that process. But here's uh, another fantastic way uh, for people just to get connected with the body of Christ and and, and get, get connected with needs in the community, and that's through our email blast. We had a need up in Manteca, an Army family. And uh, he has a couple months left, but uh, they're in a bad situation where uh, they're probably going to have to move somewhere, and they don't know where they're going to go. They need boxes. They need help. And we put that information out, and do you know the next morning, we put it out, I don't know, maybe 4 or 5, 6 o'clock in the, in the uh, afternoon. The next morning, someone uh, was talking to me and saying, you know what, we've already lined up people who can help this woman. Isn't that And uh, the connection was made. So we thank you so much yes. for being responsive because every time we do that, people see Christ in action, and Christ in the church takes on a whole new meaning. You know, just before uh, going on the air today, we were contacted by Youth for Christ because a family was burned out of their home. And they lost everything, and they're asking for refrigerators, sofas, beds, dressers, and all those sorts of things. So, again, we'll put an email blast out there, and we'll just be excited at the quick response that we'll get. So that's exciting. Well, I'll tell you what, longtime friend Dave Unruh from the Bible League is with us. Dave, welcome back to Lighthouse Live. Well, Elaine, it's a real pleasure. It's always good to be back and see you and Mike and and just share a little bit about what God is doing around the globe. You know, every time we see you, it's usually usually at one of the mission fairs, uh, mission marketplace, or the, the big missions fair that take place, and you've always got a wonderful display with you of various items and things from all over the world, but you always take the opportunity to bring us up to date on what's happening with Bible League. Well, yes, we just finished our fiscal year here. Um, actually, it ends August 31st, and it was good to find, find out just exactly what God accomplished through the ministry of the Bible League. Of course, you know, the focus of the league is not just random um, uh, distribution of scriptures, but our, our focus is really on discipleship. Mm. And it's a servant ministry that, that tries to come alongside the local church in, in all the countries in which we work and aid them by providing the scriptures and the training they'll need to evangelize, disciple, and uh, also plant churches. That's really the uh, vision of, of the Bible League is simply we're called to provide these scriptures and the training so that people who have been prepared by the Holy Spirit will come into fellowship with Jesus Christ, but also his church. Amen. So they have accountability and fellowship. Mm-hmm. And it's not uh, counting numbers, but rather seeing the growth, the changed lives when people really come to know the, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen it truly so. is a servant's ministry, as you said. And I'm sure as you go into all the world, you meet some wonderful people and you truly see lives change, Dave. I I really do. In fact, I had a great opportunity just recently. um, I was on a courier trip into China. 
uh, where we spent a week taking Bibles in and, and uh, crossing the border multiple times in a day and, and taking Bibles to the underground or the house church or unregistered church, whatever you want to call it, uh, which accounts for about 80% of the Christians in China. Mm, isn't and, that amazing? Uh, wow. Uh, there, there probably are close to, uh, well, anywhere from 75 million to 100 million believers, conservatively, I would say. Um, you, you, of course, the government plays that down. They'll say 20, 25 million believers, sure. and uh, uh, everybody else is cultish. Uh, but the reality is the church is growing leaps and bounds. Estimates still uh, are anywhere from 10 to 15 to 20,000 daily coming to Christ. That's amazing. Isn't that neat? Mm, yeah. well, well, that's Acts, Acts 2 all over again, isn't it? it? It exactly is, and that's what's happening. We're seeing the same thing that, that happened in the book of Acts, recreated in places like China and mm. India mm. and even in Indonesia, the world's largest Muslim country. We're seeing the church grow at about a 5% rate, and uh, people don't realize that there's somewhere in the neighborhood of 35, 40 million believers in Indonesia. Isn't wow. that mm. exciting? Uh, it, it is, and so when you think of it, there's more than a million people coming to Christ annually there, and many of those come from a former Muslim faith, and and that's what's really exciting to see people that that come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, and uh, they're growing in their faith, and it's it's just amazing. You know, and 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 w- it's hard for us in our Western culture here to really understand that high impact. You know, you go into those back farm villages in China and, and, you know, they'll tell you how many children you can have and when you're going to have them. And, and your life basically is is uh, all laid out. And they have these free economic zones, I guess, you know, where uh, some experiment, I guess, with capitalism is going on. But uh, it's very oppressive in, in many, many areas. And, uh, and yet, when the light of truth comes in in, in their language, Boy, God does a powerful thing with that, doesn't he? Yes, he does. And that's why we're seeing the kind of results worse, not just us, but the church is really seeing there. Yes. Um, the Bible League is just one of many ministries that have an opportunity to focus on China. And after all, it's 1.3 billion people. Yeah. It's the mm-hmm. largest country in the world in terms of, of uh, population. And it continues to grow, even with the one-child pop, uh, policy there. Um, it was interesting. As I was there, I met a young man who uh, who had a daughter. Well, he he's actually was was not in his 20s or 30s. He had a 17-year-old daughter. But um, he was given the privilege of having a second child. But in order to do that, he had to pay a large amount. Wow. Really? But, uh, right? but it was wow. only because he had a girl first. And that is the law, that if, if you have a um, female child, that you may possibly have an opportunity to have another child, but it's going to cost you. Mm-hmm. And, and certainly as a Christian, uh, he would not have had that chance except for some people that he knew in, in high places. So many things we take for granted as we live here in this country. You know, when we think about having a family or picking up our Bibles daily and reading them, I mean, it's just a tremendous blessing that we have here, and not everybody has that. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure whether uh, many of the people in the audience know, China still has laws in the books that say a child cannot go to church until the age of 18. Wow. Um, China is a very complex country. There are areas of intense persecution. There are provinces where you'll find relative uh, freedom. Certainly in the larger cities, you're going to see show places where you can go and and fly into maybe Beijing and you can go and worship in a three-self or registered church. 
and people will come back with the opinion after going to a large city, well, it must be fine in China. I mean, I went mm-hmm. to a worship service. I bought a Bible in China in the Three Self bookstore. Uh, they never get an opportunity to see the rural areas where the vast majority of the church is or where about 80, 75 to 80% of the population is, albeit a lot of that population is trying to move into the cities because that's where the economy is. But uh, still, the population is mostly rural, agricultural. And these people can't afford scriptures even if they were available to them. Uh, the the country or the government restricts the growth of the church. I think they've realized they can't stop the growth. So they try to control it and even, if possible, distort it in some mm-hmm. ways to make it more in lines with communism or socialism. Uh, that's where you get these stories of some of the uh, people that are uh, involved with the Religious Affairs Bureau that oversee um, the registered church and the seminaries trying to teach a uh, situation of the salvation by love, mm. not by faith, uh-huh. that you really don't have to have faith. And even Corinthians obviously says there's faith, hope, and love, and right. the greatest of these is love. So if you're just a good, loving person, we know that's not what Scripture teaches. Mm. And so it's important that we get God's word out to the people so they can have the real truth mm. and they can read for themselves what the Bible says. Now, David, those churches that are registered with the government, I would imagine that they're uh, whoever the pastors are, uh, are they under restrictions, controls, what, uh, or are they free to preach whatever they want no actually they are under controls you will get pastors that will will uh, break those uh, those laws uh, but the reality is they're not to preach on certain subjects within scripture now i will say that the bible they have is is a real bible it's not nothing has been deleted at least not that we know of or that we have seen but they're not to preach on the second coming of Christ, for example. They're not mm. to preach on uh, things in Revelation. Or they're not to pe- preach on certain subjects in the book of Romans. That's taboo. Because it, it really teaches about the sin of man. It teaches about the need for a savior. And, of course, communism teaches a man is good. Mm. That mm. Uh, communism will bring, me, bring utopia. Yes. And, and uh, mm. just the opposite. And so under that kind of circumstance, you'll never know the need for a Savior and the great love of a, of a God who would even send his own son to pay the penalty for our sins. And uh, tell me again, how many thousands are, are coming to Christ in China? It's estimated in anywhere from ten to 15,000 daily. Daily. Wow. And, uh, Isn't that you know, it se- seems almost yeah. unbelievable, but when you take into scope the, uh, the size of the population, even at that rate, if nobody was born or nobody died, it would take a couple hundred years to reach mm. everybody, mm. even so at that rate. There's yeah. really a lot amazing. of work to yes. be done in that area. And these people are so hungry, aren't they, Dave, for the word? They, they really are. You know, I was stopped. It's kind of interesting. I was stopped the first time going through customs, and I had all children's materials. And, uh, you know, you're very frustrated when that happens. Mm. They're not going to do anything to us as an American citizen. They're not about to because they say they have religious freedom. Um, and normally what will happen um, in a situation like this, they'll take the Bibles from you, and when you go back out of China, you can pay a fine and get them back. But it's interesting, even in those circumstances in the confiscation area, we had opportunities to see somebody there that we might get a Bible to. And I have to believe the reason that, that, that we're stopped mm. is, is just to get that one Bible. Mm. Mm. There was one official, and I, I probably shouldn't say too much about it, but one official that was... Uh, up above that uh, when one of the fellows got stopped by, by a different official, 
he went over to the location to unpack his Bibles, and this official came over and saw the Bibles in a suitcase and hurriedly zipped the suitcase back up and really? waved him on. Is that right? Wow. And, and, and the gentleman said, I didn't know what to do, so I thought he thought he was wrong. <laughs> I started unzipping the suitcase, and, wow. and he put his hand down, shook his head, and waved me on. Hmm. I, I've got to believe that could be one of those people that got a Bible down in that confiscation area. They came to know the Lord. Definitely yeah. a divine appointment. We're with Dave Unruh and the wonderful organization he's so faithfully served with for a long time, the Bible League. You know, God's Word, the Bible. Let's listen now as the group Mercy Me sings their song, Word of God Speak, on Lighthouse Life. Finding myself at a loss for words And the funny thing is, it's okay The last thing I need is to be heard But to hear what you would say Lighthouse Live with Pastor Mike, Elaine, and our special guest, Dave Unruh. Don't you love that? You know, when you think of it, you just get into that song and Mm. and word of God Mm -hmm. speak. And and Dave, that's what we would hope would happen to each person all over the globe that receives one of the Bibles, that the word of God would speak to them in a personal way. 
Elaine, that is exactly what is happening, is people have an opportunity to hear the Word. It does touch them. The Holy Spirit opens up their heart, and story after story after story. Um, even my director, my new director, is a former Muslim. Wow. And I hope that, that uh, as he gets out here, I can introduce him to you. Oh, and, we would uh, love and that. And how he came to know the Lord uh, as he was seeking. Of course, his parents uh, were not happy about him, but in college, he he uh, there was no mosque close for him to go worship at and he was dabbling and he said i got into all sorts of stuff seeking other religions and he said i had a bible but i stayed away from it wow. mm-hmm. and um uh it was he finally picked up the bible and he said it was the book of psalms mm. he Is said that right? anybody yeah. as david i read david's psalms to the lord he said anybody that could pray and talk that way had a personal relationship with god oh yeah and so he said, that's what got me more and more interested. And he said, I read the New Testament. And he said, I, I had always been taught that, well, Jesus had not been crucified and he hadn't died. So it was a little tough for me at first. But as I continued to read, because I knew there was something about this book. And he said, finally, God opened up my heart. And I realized Jesus really was who the Bible said he was. Yes. And so he came to know the Lord. But today... You know, his family has, has rejected him, although oh, now yeah. he can talk and communicate with them. But he's been rejected because of his leaving Islam. So, but just a neat guy. So I hope uh, in the future, he's as your he new gets director. Out, he's my new director. You bring him here. Yes, we want <laughs> it. We I, I want to hear love, from him. I'd love to have Jim out here. I bet there's an awesome, awesome story in that. I'm sure you see stories all the time from all over the place as you take these books into all the world. Yeah. You go and you spread the gospel. It's, it's a great privilege for me because I have had a chance to travel quite a bit. And although I'm stateside, uh, annually I, I usually travel to one of the ministry sites. It's more of an encouragement to... Uh, the church in the country, and I bring greetings from those people that support and provide the scriptures for them, and uh, and I hear the stories, and uh, I spend time with the people, and and I I always love to to go back to uh, one of the young guys that was on staff with us. He was a Muslim from Indonesia at one time. It came to know the Lord. His family rejected him, but um, uh, it was again the word as he read it that convicted him, and. And he came to know the Lord, and he's praying for his family, and and some of them there have come go. to know the Lord. You, you know that yeah. that that uh, love that came about through him, and he had been violent as a Muslim and persecuted the church, but the the love that came about through him to his family eventually won them over, as they saw Christ living in him, and uh, you know story after story after story wherever you go, you see it in Russia, you see it in Romania, you see it in. Cambodia and Vietnam, where I was a uh, year before last. And God is powerful, and his word is uh, a good representation of that power. It, it changes lives for him. Mm-hmm. So. You know, as you go into all the different places, uh, someone in Cambodia is not going to understand the the, the, the Bible in Chinese language. And mm-hmm. so translating all of these different languages into um, the book that, the people of the land can understand. That must be an incredible process. What what takes place there? Well, I, in fact, I can share a little bit about that. The Bible League is really not a translator or a publisher, but we work with uh, publishers like the International Bible Societies. Uh, and we've had a long-term relationship with Wycliffe Bible Translators, more right. uh, about 40 years. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, currently, the last uh, figure I had heard was we were publishing uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 80% of the translation or getting published. Those translations, once the 
the Wycliffe missionaries get them completed. But translation can take years and years, depending on the people group. Um, just recently, uh, I was with uh, uh, one of the translators who had actually come here to Modesto, and uh, we spoke over at First Baptist Church here. Right. And um, they had completed the Myrasi New Testament from Indonesia over on uh, uh, the near Papua New Guinea. It was what used to be called Irian Jaya. And it's now called Papua. And the Myrasi are a boat people, and uh, they were very primitive people. And it took approximately 26 years for this New Testament to be translated. 26 years? 26 My years. Goodness. The, the, the Peckhams were the translators. And uh, Lloyd actually uh, ended up getting uh, 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 malaria, and through that he got elephantiasis. Oh, wow. And so he had to leave the area, but he'd been there 12 years, and by then there were men that had come to know the Lord. So he went into a malaria-free area up in the Philippines, and they would uh, travel up to the Philippines to help him work on the translation with he and his wife, Lloyd and Nancy Peckham. Mm. And uh, 26 later, years later, the first uh, New Testament was delivered to the Myrasi people. Two days after the uh, tsunami and the uh, earthquake hit in Banda Aceh on the other side of Indonesia, 3,000 miles away, wow. where God, I have to believe, is opening up hearts to the gospel mm. there, the first New Testament got delivered to the Myrasi the Myrasi people. Is that right? You yeah, know, it yeah. just gives me chills to think the people will see on the other side of eternity mm-hmm. yeah. in heaven that came to the Lord just because people like mm-hmm. you and others out in the world just spreading the good word and the good news mm-hmm. about Jesus. David, what do you do to prepare you and others who, for example, take these Bibles into uh, into China? What, what do you do spiritually to prepare for that journey? I mean, that it's not exactly a, a tiptoeing through the tulips there that that could you know could be um a little bit dangerous i i would guess and yet uh when you talk about it it just seems like you know you've got all the confidence in the world that that god just has his hand on you and is walking you through it yeah. well uh, lots of prayer yeah. there, you know there there is a tremendous amount of prayer that uh, you're you're depending on the lord to take you through um, in some countries, like China, it's really not too dangerous as long as you're courteous. They're not going to do anything. Of course, if you go into other countries, into some Islamic countries, you could, in fact, lose your life. Um, for for me and, and our other staff, we never seem to be in harm's way. Uh, although I was in, in um, India uh, the day after 9-11, and uh, it is the second largest Muslim country in the world, and we were in areas where it was pretty mm. difficult. But uh, I have never felt felt fear when I've been mm-hmm. there. Um, but our, our national staff, those precious believers overseas, those people that are on the front lines, mm-hmm. they day-to-day go out knowing that this might be the day that they die. Wow. Mm-hmm. And we have had cases where uh, nationals um, uh, in India have, mm-hmm. have been beaten. They've been beheaded. Uh, just much like that Fox's Book of Martyrs. Mm-hmm. And yet they willingly go to share the gospel so that their countrymen and women will have an opportunity to to know about Jesus Christ and have an eternity with him. Amen. And, you know, we need to keep these precious saints in our prayers on a daily basis here as well, don't we, Dave? We've got lots more with Dave Unruh from the Bible League right after this. Deep needs, deep hurts, spreading far beyond the government's ability to help. Children, single moms and dads, the elderly, disabled, the homeless. Yet, 
thousands of resources that can meet those needs are sitting right now in the pews and seats of our churches. The challenge? Activating those resources and connecting them with the people in need. We have a proven solution, advancing vibrant communities. We bridge the gap. We connect people and churches with opportunities to serve the needs of their neighbors. Pure, simple, proven effective, advancing vibrant communities. What's our motivation? Jesus' command in Matthew 22:39, to love your neighbor as yourself. The church at large has a biblical mandate to serve the needs of the community. Advancing Vibrant Communities researches those needs, then finds volunteers with the skills and passions to meet those needs. The very first story that Mike told about ABC involves serving one of my church members whose needs I could not meet within my own community. And in that moment, God humbled me and asked me to open my heart and really listen. And as I saw the setup of the database, I realized that AVC is a wonderful partner with my own congregation. It helps us be more effective. This organization comes along and says, I'll do a lot of the groundwork and we'll discover the needs. And then those folks in your congregation who desire to be a part and who have these skills can volunteer. AVC partners with over 80 community and government agencies to help meet the needs of the city. We network with organizations like Habitat for Humanity, the American Red Cross, Salvation Army, the Area Agency on Aging, the School District, and the Police Department. Habitat and AVC is a perfect match in that we both have common missions of helping people get out of the four walls of the church, getting out into the community and helping others. AVC serves volunteers by finding ways for them to help others. AVC serves the needy through volunteer efforts with love, grace, mercy, and compassion. AVC serves churches by augmenting efforts to reach out and meet the needs of their neighbors. AVC serves businesses by helping create healthy neighborhoods, by connecting employees with opportunities to volunteer, and by providing opportunities to donate goods and services to legitimate needs in the community. You know, some of us can do donate a little money, some a little time, some one or the other or both. It really touched my heart that these strangers were interested in me and what I needed in my life. You know, it's not only hearing it, but it's seeing them, and it's being there in person and seeing the, the need that they have and hopefully being able to do something about it. I will tell you, as you know, your chief of police in the city of Modesto, we need your help in the community making a difference. Volunteer, I know we can put you to work. And I, I promise you, if you get involved, you'll feel better. You'll be happier. How can we partner with you to meet the needs of our city? We ask you to consider monthly financial support and to help recruit more volunteers. Advancing Vibrant Communities. Faith in action. Pure, simple, proven effective. Carrying out the biblical mandate to love our neighbors as ourselves. Thank you. And we're back with you on Lighthouse Live. Pastor Mike, Elaine, and Dave Unruh with the Bible League. And I'm just thinking about that statement, loving our neighbors as we love ourselves. And you're loving our neighbors clear across the world, Dave. That is just amazing. You know, we are to love our neighbors. And when we look out, everybody's our neighbor and everybody needs the Lord. 
That that's true, and uh, you know we're called. We're called to go out and take God's word forth. That as believers, that's what the Lord has asked us to do. He didn't say, "Well, if you want to, or if you have time." He says, "Go and make disciples." You know that's the job that we have here. It's to reach out in Christian love, like you're you're, you're doing here at Vibrant Communities. Um, it's to provide God's word because that's really the cure to the problems that we have, isn't it? When the Amen. heart changes, Amen. people's values change. And, uh, you know, until that happens, we're, we're just fighting symptoms all the time. Yeah. We really need to get God's word out there, Amen. and we need, to, we need to show the love of Christ. Yes. And, and that will bring in our Lord again. We know that. When that last person is reached with the gospel, then we'll live for eternity with him. You know, we've, we've, uh, we're, we're looking a lot right now in our community here at community transformation and what that means, you know, we've we've uh, played George Otis's videos, you know, the the quickening and the transformation uh, one and two, and and looking at, you know, how do you recognize when a community is getting transformed and you see God uh, starting to appear at various levels, at all levels, you know, from the ecology to the government to the schools, and uh, there's just this infiltration. Of, of Christ that is so powerful and it's not a political thing, which is wonder, it, it's, it's freedom, you know, and it's, it's eternity and it, and, and it's truth. And, uh, David, I would imagine that as, as uh, the Bible League and other, uh, agencies that are overseas look at getting the word into hand, the hands of people, there has to be some major league strategizing about, all right, so we get the Bible into their hands, we get the word into their hands, what happens next in terms of uh, a follow-up? How, how, how can we help that process here in prayer? But uh, how are agencies facilitating what happens after the people get the word in their hands? Well, one thing for the Bible, and I, I can speak more specifically about what we do, is, is our heart, again, is working with the local church. And uh, we can go out and we can do evangelism and, and we can hand out Bibles, but if, if that follow-up work is not done, uh, then you do have the cults that are there. Yeah. We typically see around the globe that where you have mass evangelization without follow-up or, or the local church uh, being brought into the picture to do the follow-up, uh, you'll see all these people, the vast majority of them, you never hear of them again. Um, the church doesn't grow one bit. Mm-hmm. So our strategy is to work with the local church. And if the church exists there, we come alongside, we, we provide the training they need to do the evangelism, the discipleship, the church planting. And the most important thing that we provide is the resource, God's Word, along with the Bible studies that always have God's Word in it. Um, here, of course, we have our partners that help facilitate through, through the process of funding the scriptures or, yes. or funding the training of a church planter um, in comparison to actually having to send somebody. And, and I like to make this, this point very clear. I believe in sending missionaries um, when God has called them. Mm-hmm. I believe if you're called, you better go. You're going to be the most miserable Amen. person in the world. <laughs> and if you go and you're not called, you're going to be the most miserable person <laughs> in the world. Okay, So it's a hard issue. And, you know, seek God's will for your life. Amen. And, you know, he, as Elaine and I were talking a little earlier, there are many parts to the body. Mm-hmm. Not all, mm-hmm. all are called to go. We're all part, called to participate. Mm-hmm. And some are, are very good at raising resources. And they can resource those ministries that God has called to be out in the field 
field to help the local church or to go into those areas where no evangelical churches exist. And we all can participate. In fact, we're all called to participate. That's right. And that's, so yeah, that's, that's what we need to be doing. So. Now, I'm, I'm intrigued because sitting on the table, and fortunately at this point it's not pointed at me, but there is a... There is a Are you sure? I, w- I wish our listeners could see this. I think I'm not on the receiving end of it, but I'm, there's a pointy thing, though, that's pointed in my Actually, direction. Actually, it's very beautiful. It Dave, is would you describe what this is that you brought in to us? Beautiful. This is actually a uh, Dayak uh, tribal blowgun. It's, it's more of a ceremonial blowgun. It's, it's carved. It actually has a dragon's head on it, but it's, it's uh, made out of bone. Uh, at one time, possibly could have been human bone, but uh, today it's out of cow bone. And so I was able to bring that back. Actually, our director there had brought that back for me. Um, the year after I would come back with a, a bamboo blowgun, I said I would like to have another one. And he came and surprised me with this one, which is ceremonial. It's beautiful. It, it, it does function. Look too. at the detail it, it that goes yeah. into this. Yeah. It's just now those, amazing. Those darts you have there, those those are mean-looking <laughs> little dudes, aren't Stay they? Stay away from those little dudes, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and, and traditionally what they'll they'll do is, is the Dayaks will use them for small game. So uh-huh. they'll poison tip the dart, and they'll use it for... Um, penetrating the skin of a monkey or a bird, um, just a small prey. Mm-hmm. And they usually will use a poison that will uh, uh, not kill, but rather it will paralyze. Oh, okay. you know, I'm, they're smart enough to realize that uh, you don't want a second kill you know, as you eat the thing. Yeah. So yeah. very important. It will paralyze the prey. It will fall to the ground. They also will use bow and arrow for larger game like wild pig. And uh, they're more of a uh, traditionalist type of religion, uh, although, uh, again, from Indonesia, you'll find them up on the island of Borneo mm-hmm. uh, or in the uh, – it's called Kalimantan. Uh, this island is split between three countries, and uh, they're a tribal people. Uh, some are living alongside civilization, and so they will actually make some of these things now and, and use them to sell, to make a, a living. I was sure. just going to ask you, what would something like this cost? You know, I I um, I would imagine that probably no more than about twenty dollars American. Mm. Are you serious? Wow. Yeah, I, I'm assuming that it would Is be this about one for that. <laughs> I, I know the bamboo or only about uh, nine, ten, eleven, twelve dollars. So yeah, I I would think now I can't quote that because I don't remember what I paid Janoir. You know, the work that goes into that is just incredible. Yeah, it's uh, they they are uh, wonderful artists, and you will see even on the bamboo glow, blow guns that they they design them, although the ones probably that they will use most of the time they, they don't do a lot of design on because they're functional. They're functional. Right? That's, yeah. you know, they're, they're out there to catch prey, and uh, they're beat up quite a bit. And, and uh, I have one. Of course, it's, it's used to that humidity of the equator, and so it's cracked here. But it still works, so. So it's their version of the Smith and Wesson, right? That's Just exactly right. And I don't right. think and that particular cow had osteoporosis or anything. It looks like it's very, <laughs> no. very well. It's, it's very, solid very solid, and, and yeah, mm-hmm. and they dye it, and it's very beautiful. And mm-hmm. actually, uh, the the young guy that uh, this again reminds me of. I mentioned his name earlier, but uh, he actually has gone into many of these Dayak tribes, uh, former Muslim, and and uh, he has wow. eaten some unusual things. I may have shared some stories with you in the past, but. <laughs> It, it it truly to me is the power of the gospel to change a life from mm. uh, from a man who was a former Muslim that was under strict dietary uh, requirements. He couldn't eat pig, couldn't eat certain things that were considered unclean, and yet this man has actually gone into a diet village and has eaten 
uh, raw pig that was buried in the ground for two weeks that had had, uh, putrefied and had done that because that was the only way that he would be accepted into the village and to be able to stay and be welcomed as part of the family in Mm. order to share the gospel. And the freedom of Christ to him to do that, and, and even more the fact that he was praying that the Lord would allow him to live through the process yes. so that he might share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, t- and today in that village, there is a church oh, wow. where before they worshipped spirits and, and demons and things. But that's the power of the gospel to transform a life. Life's mm-hmm. radically changed. Life radically for changed. For eternity. Dave, how can people contact you at the Bible League? How can people support this great, mm-hmm. great ministry that's taking place? Well, if they'd like to, we, we do have a website they can go to. That's www.bibleleague.org. They can read more about the Bible League. They can, uh, they can go on a Bible courier trip into China if they would like. Uh, if they want to contact me personal, uh, personally, they can contact me in my home office, which is 209-551-3948, if they want to find out more about Bible League. Uh, or just email me at uh, davidunruh at bibleleague.org. If, uh, I suggest check out the website. It's a great and, uh, website, oh, very absolutely. impressive website it is. And they'll have an opportunity to read some of these amazing stories. You know, we're very good at reporting numbers. Last year there were over 3, ma- three million people that completed a Project Philip Bible study first time ever and received their first mm. scriptures. Mm. But those numbers are only impressive in the fact that each of those is a changed life. And they yes. can read some Amen. of those amazing stories yes. of people who have come to, to know the Lord because of God's Word. I have to ask you, as this instrument of death here is pointed at me, <laughs> uh, you, you've actually tried these out, right? And you can... <laughs> You you want me to tell about the the circumstance where our director brought it? I almost I almost killed him. Huh? <laughs> well, you've got just a little bit of time. You can do that if you like. Well, well, he had brought this to me, and and uh, I had seen the bamboo. I'd used the bamboo blowgun before, but this was unique. And so I asked him. I said, "Well, how does this work?" And I pulled the end off. And said, "Oh, I think I know how to do it." And I blew on the end, and and there was a dart in it. Oh, it just no. it just missed him and stuck in my wall. <laughs> and I thought, I'll never. Do this again, <laughs> but you're so, still employed. That's a, uh, and, absolutely, and you're and, carrying and, the and weapon. He didn't shoot a dart back at me. <laughs> oh, Dave, we just want to thank you for the wonderful work that you do, and just wondering how we can encourage our listeners to pray for you. How can we pray for you? Well, I would say pray for me as as I travel to share the ministry of the Bible League. That uh, God would keep me faithful to the ministry. God would uh, uh, speak through me um, that uh, people might be touched with the importance of providing God's Word. Amen. More importantly, I would ask that they pray for all those uh, precious people that are Amen. in the field, Amen. that when they take these Bibles uh, and literally put their lives on the line for the gospel, Amen. that God will open up hearts to the gospel message that many, many more might come to know Jesus Christ. Dave Unruh, God bless you. Thank you for listening at home, wherever you are. Join us next week when our friend Alonzo, Gardal Wilson, and Reverend Benjamin uh, Darwin will be joining us. Until then, have a great week. May God bless you. <laughs>